Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Hi friends, welcome to another episode on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I've got such a fun guest for you, another uh, interview episode today with my good friend Calypso. Do you know what's actually so fun? Because today she talks, in the episode, she talks about a manifestation that she made happen and today she's actually going I believe today is the first day of Glastonbury. I don't want to give too much away, but she talks about that and she's off. She's off in the world. And I just want to pre, before we get into the juiciness and all the magic that is her, I just want to preface this and say that one, finding people and connecting with people who are as ambitious as you who are like-minded who you just get along with is like so so underrated like people like will think about their branding they will think about you know what their camera graphics are think about like their strategy like being around people and like having like friends that you can call on and say hey like I'm confused about this or hey I'm thinking of doing this is so underrated to your business I, on TikTok, they talk a lot about, um, I've seen a lot of TikToks about like energy vampires and they are the people that are just like, I'm so sorry, they're so negative. Like you'll be talking about something that you're doing and they will just very innocently, like their brain will go to why it won't work. And they will talk about their own goals and dreams but in they'll talk about their own goals and dreams from the perspective of why it won't work and it actually drains you because what happens is you leave those interactions and you think about that those interactions after you question them like "Mm, i'm not sure and those relationships aren't doing what they need to do essentially and this over the last few years i've made it really point to like go and network um i've shouted out the stack world i love the stack world for like incredible people there mm-hmm. i slid into calypso's dms and asked her to be my mate <laughs> she said yes and it's been such a privilege to be a friend to somebody who is out there in the world taking risks she challenges me to be bigger she challenges me to be authentic more authentic and she makes me feel like nothing is impossible Do you know what I mean? So Calypso, I know you're going to be listening to this. This is a big fat love letter to you. Um, And yeah, welcome to another episode of the No Room for Doubt podcast. Let's get into it. Hello, thanks for having me. This is the second time we've recorded this episode because the first time didn't work. (laughs) I love the honesty. We actually recorded the most fire episode. We both left and we were like, that was incredible. And then we were like, it disappeared into the ether. Because it really affects the taps on the headphones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, is your mic through your headphones? No, not through your mic. But the mic will pick up like me tapping, where it's picking up my voice. Mm. Thanks. We're gonna kill it. It's gonna be it even more juicy more than juicy. one point. Like, it has to. 
pressure. No pressure. No pressure. So, for those of the audience who are listening who don't know who you are or what you do, please, can you introduce yourself? Of course. So, I am Calypso Barnum Bob. I'm a self-discovery coach and a speaker, and I help people figure out who they are, what they want, and then I help them feel confident enough to go and get that. I'm also the owner of retreat company, People Like Us. We hold transformational retreats for the modern human, and really that is about making the wellness and retreat space inclusive as a queer black woman i sometimes step into retreat spaces and i'm like "Mm, this doesn't really feel like it's me Mm -hmm. and so we're just scrapping all of the barriers that sit around having a lovely time looking after yourself doing personal development work whilst also being in a zen state so yeah that's me that's what i do nice how did you become oh wait i forgot the other things (laughs) I've I've I'm newly I'm newly a podcast host and so I keep forgetting to mention I keep forgetting to mention this and I'm like oh no one more thing so I'm also the host of my brand new podcast which is called self-centered with calypso and we basically have conversations that inspire you to create a life that feels aligned alive and yours so check that out too nice friends like First of all, Calypso, I'll just say during your podcast career, you will always forget to mention your podcast. <laughs> and people will be like, wait, but don't you have a podcast? You'll be like, oh yeah, that thing that I just spent so much money and time on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Literally, I know. I need to build it into my speech at the beginning, like my intro. Yeah. And I will just say for everyone listening, if you love this podcast, do go check it out. I am a guest on that podcast. I am amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> go and have a Cheers. look. Cheers. She is. We had a fire episode, so you have to come and have a listen. So, Calypso, how did you become you? Like, this version of you right now? I just popped out my mum. <laughs> how did I become me? I love that question. <laughs> okay, it's been, it's been quite a journey. I mean, I was chatting to somebody the other day about the fact that I'm a self-discovery coach. And I know the reason I am a self-discovery coach is because I spent so much of my life not knowing who I really was or hiding who I felt like I really was or trying to be different versions of me. So I grew up in North London on the outskirts. In a, I had a pretty cushy upbringing, I would say. I always say that we were like on the fringe of, of being like comfortable, but not really. I was like the poorest out of my group of friends, but went to a good school, had a decent house. And it was very much, I'm one of four. So when you got really got a lot of siblings, it's a lot of mayhem. I am now thinking, not I'm not there yet, but like, as I start to think about the next stage of my life and having children and caring for somebody in a like heart way and financial way, I'm like, how did my parents have four kids? Yeah. That's not a thing in 2023. It's just, just, no. I mean, all four, if you want to have four kids, you go for it. But I was on the receiving end and I love having loads of siblings. Like I love the family that we have. Did you have have those families growing up that had like four kids and they would go to like Florida Disneyland like every year and you'd be like, no, okay. (laughs) We were not like that. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like now I think about that and I'm like, wow, your parents really had it together. They really did. No, we. to be fair, we did used to go on family holidays and my parents really prioritised that. We, they really loved to travel. But my mum was one of those mums that was like, I'm not, I'm not going to spend um, our precious money going to Disneyland because that's going to be hell on earth for me. She was like, I love you. I love you, but I don't love you that much. <laughs> you, can have a nice ho- you can have a nice holiday on my terms. So yeah, I have actually never stepped foot in a Disneyland 
I'm 20, 29 years old and I've never been. Okay, um, so, okay, cool. Maybe we can go together. Maybe we can, maybe we can take our inner child to Disneyland. Maybe. And you're like, not really into yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm sick that day, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm not really that fast either. But yeah, we grew up, life was kind of fine. But as a mixed race kid, I struggled with my identity, who I was fitting in. I constantly was on this road of feeling not black enough for my black friends or family not white enough for my white friends and family and I grew up in a pretty white environment my mum's white um, a lot of my friends at school were white the majority of in my primary school I think there was only one other black person in my year secondary school and um, there was only other like maybe like two other black people in my class and I just remember I, I guess growing up in that era as well we, would, we weren't told that people like us were were the kind of people that we wanted to be. It was very much like America's next top model. Yeah. Even Tyra Banks. Mm, mm. I mean, yeah. she wasn't doing it for the sisterhood, was she? It was constant. Am I enough? Who who should I be? I shapeshifted. I tried to be so many different versions of myself. When I look back at my photos, <laughs> I feel like we, I'm just on that fringe of the era where there are some digital, there is some digital proof of my upbringing. <laughs> and I just think oh babe oh babe oh babe I, I would yeah you saying that just makes me like cringe so much inside like I used to have a Facebook but I think it's gone it's like deleted from the ether I'm sure like I'll get really famous one day and like someone will dig it out but it's got some horrible photos <laughs> I know I I was MySpace lover oh. Pixo did you have Pixo no one I ever remembers Pixo I bring that back I, Sorry, bring that back. I learned to code and and created my own Pixo, right? And Pixo went into the bin, so we can't find anything. But I just remember I was constantly trying to fit in. It was putting on my tracksuits. And that was probably the most authentic version of me is who I still am now. Like trackies, trainers, vibing. Then I would go on like a summer camp and everyone would be a bit emo and I'd come back and buy black skinny jeans and creepers (laughs) and be like, and then I would be... I don't know, somewhere else. And I would, you know, if I was with my cousins on my mum's side, they're very well-spoken, very posh, very middle-class. And so I would find myself speaking a bit more like them. And it was this constant journey of trying to please others rather than myself. Um, I left, I went to school. I was pretty intelligent. I was pretty sporty. I was that annoying kid that could do most things. And I, I did, I found school easy. I did up until like my GCSEs, I kind of cruised through. It was a place that I found it fun. I never was like, oh, I hate school. I loved being around people. I guess you could say like on paper, I was pretty popular and I just loved being there. I loved humans. I loved chatting. I was constantly told by the teachers that I was too chatty, that I was distracting the class, that I would would get my work done and then I'd want to be chatting to everyone else and they'd be like, let's say, let other people do their work um which is funny because obviously now I get paid to talk which I love sometimes I'm like I just want to call my teachers and let them know <laughs> and I then decided that after doing a year of A-levels I didn't want to do A-levels anymore I wanted to get into the world of fashion so I went to the fashion retail academy Snap. which you did <laughs> we have such aligned we have so much similarity in our lives it's crazy I felt so left out in that college. Like everyone was in my year was like the richest person you've ever met. Like it was like the Ooh. richest person you've ever met and then they had kids. That was every single person in my year. 
Oh wow! Well, I feel like we must have been. We must have. I was there. I went there for three years. I did three separate courses. So I'm sure we must have crossed paths at some point. I think I was there from 2011 till 2014. I mean, I definitely went through my emo emo phase. So if there's any Mm. memories where like you're walking past a girl in creepers, she has like three friends because they're the only three friends whose parents aren't fucking minted to the sky. (laughs) That was me in the corner. I love it. I went through. I went through three different eras. In my first year, I made friends with all of these people that were from Essex and they yeah. were so glam. And so I would wear like body con skirts. Oh my God. Stop. I've, you, you, I would wear body con skirts, bralettes, like full contour face of makeup. I would go out to like the clubs in Mayfair and get like promote a, promote <gasps> a champagne. <laughs> then the next year I did the VM course and I was just with kind of more normal people, jeans, t-shirts. Yeah. I think I was still trying to experiment started to explore what vintage meant and then in my last year actually no in that and then in my last year i started to go preppy i was wearing chinos and shirts Stop, you're making me sick, you're making me sick. <laughs> they're sick in my mouth as i oh, say yeah, it like... but i was no. it, i was so impressionable i was just like oh this is what's cool this is what's on trend this is what people want yeah. me to be this is how i can be relevant so i loved fashion college had a great time Went into the buying industry. I got my first job as a buyer's admin assistant at Topshop when Toppers was in its heyday mm-hmm. and had such a great time just being the absolute minion running around as the assistant in the cupboard doing all of the things. But I was so ambitious. I remember I've still got a couple of friends that I still worked with back then and they always joke that they were like, you were just so into it. Like It doesn't matter what anyone asks you to do. You were like, yeah sure I'll do it I just had this hunger to succeed I thought I wanted to be a fashion director that was the path that I was going down um and I worked in fashion buying for for a good seven years in that journey I worked on launching Ivy Park Beyonce sportswear brand with Adidas which was an amazing opportunity funnily enough I was one of only two black women that worked there when we started odd but um it was such a great opportunity for me to show what I could do it was just beginning I got to stand up in meetings share my share my views and also be working for Beyonce I didn't meet her before you ask that's always the most jarring question I get next and I'm like no um I got told that I was gonna meet her I bought an outfit and then they told us she wasn't coming (laughs) it was so sad it was, I know, it was really sad. I don't know whether our bosses just lied or whether she actually cancelled, but that's a story for another day. And then I went to ASOS, was a buyer there, loved it. Took a little stint to go travelling, found myself classic gap yard, realised that there was way more to the world than this tiny little industry that I had been throwing my heart and soul into. And I explored Central and South America. I drank ayahuasca. I was on this like more spiritual path. And then before I came back, this was back in 2018, I was like, okay, well, I guess I've got to go back to the real world now. World now. Went back into fashion, enjoyed it for a while, and then got to the point where I was like, I'm freaking burnt out. This isn't this isn't what I want to do with the world. I want to help people. I want to have more impact. And those kind of whispers probably began when I was on that trip, and I was. Mm-hmm figuratively and literally on that trip in South America and then also I but it took me I was scared I was scared to take action but yeah quit burnt out had no clue who I was going to be or what I was going to do and then discovered coaching and was like I think that might be my thing Mm, nice thank you for taking us on that like that was a long road (laughs) 
That was the long-winded journey. It was like from birth to like literally yesterday. You just said, how are you, you? And I've literally just gone in deep. No, I love it. But like, I think so many people can relate to like growing up and like almost like shape-shifting, like somebody else over there is doing that. So you do that. And then like somebody else over there is doing that. So like you copy that. And that sense of like, everybody else must have it figured out. Like there must be something wrong with you that you're not already like that. For sure. I think, and and that's just even, that's just touching on the world of, my professional life you know it, it, it expanded and developed and went all kinds of different ways in my personal romantic relationships all of that kind of stuff too but I feel like we have I feel like it's kind of the initiation of life right mm. you have to you have to get it wrong to get it right how does that show up with your clients in terms of how I support them or how what do you what do you mean what context do you mean so I suppose like everyone has that initiation we're going on that journey to discover ourselves. Where do you find that your clients like find you? Like what are the challenges challenges that they have when they find you? And like where usually are they wanting to go or end up? Like oh, what is question. that journey? So a lot of the time people will come to me and they are feeling this unsettling feeling and sometimes they can name it and they know what it is and other times they can't they're just feeling this craving for more they feel like life is a bit meh or a kind of a bit safe they live it they're existing rather than fully living so it may be that they yeah right and it may be similar to my story they maybe were working in an industry or a career and that isn't fulfilling them and they're wanting to do something more purposeful it may be in their relationship or, you know, failed relationships, or I don't like the word failed, actually, more p- relationships that they've left behind. Yeah, sure. And they're wanting to find the right person romantically, or they're wanting to make sure that their relationship that they're in is progressing and is deepening in the way that they want it and imagine it to be. So I would say most people come to me with this hunger. It's like, I want to live life to all its depths and widths and I know that there's some things that are stopping me right now internally and those things are usually things like self-doubt fear of failure fear of success um just all kinds of self-sabotaging patterns people pleasing perfectionism really just having fear I guess that is blocking them from doing the things that they know they really want to do and so the journey that I take them on is really getting a mirror up and looking at themselves and understanding, right, what are the beliefs that are holding me back from taking these steps forwards? How can I start to move through releasing those? What does that look like? I'm a, an NLP practitioner um, and a hypnotherapist, so I work with my clients in a, in a conversational coaching capacity, but we also have all kinds of beautiful, deep, crazy sessions where Sometimes we'll have hypnotherapy sessions. I use uh, modalities like timeline therapy to find the root causes, to release things that are holding them back and to really help them move forward. And to be able to even see the path quite often, like I said, some people know the specific thing that they're wanting wanting to move towards. And other times it is just this something and moving those beliefs, those blocks out the way can help them get clarity on, okay, that's what I want. That's what I want. And now, and then I can help them feel like they can go and get it. I'm there to support them in finding that that kind of desire and that energy and that confidence yeah I loved what you said just there and you know what it made me think of something that I've been thinking about and I'll probably chat more about this in another episode but I'm calling it um zones of emotional discomfort 
so often I think that we think our comfort leaving our comfort zone involves like taking some type of action like out there in the world like leaving your comfort zone means getting a new job launching a business selling something getting married but I feel like sometimes like the gap in between those huge actions is these places of emotions that feel really uncomfortable that we don't want to step into it's like saying no to going out with a friend and feeling your fear of like their disappointment and allowing your friend to like have their emotions and their experience it's like leaving your comfort zone but in like a much more micro emotional sense like I can see you nodding and smiling what is coming to your mind as I say that yeah for sure it's not always the big the big things the quitting the job the moving countries the booking a world trip around the world often people's discomfort is showing up in their everyday and it's the everyday little decisions that they're making I find that snowball into this big fear of change and actually when you can practice being completely authentically you because that that essentially is what I'm here to help people do who are you and how can you be you how can you just be the person that you know you want to be that you know that you're called to be so that you can be living the life that you love so yeah for sure like boundary setting is a massive thing that my clients work on understanding routines and rituals the ways that the way that they're moving through their day could be tiny things that can take you into a downward spiral of inaction Mm. example if you're if you've got if you have got an idea of something that you're wanting to bring to life maybe it's a really exciting side hustle maybe it is uh, a person that you're thinking about messaging because you really fancy them but you're scared and the first thing that you do in the morning is open your phone and scroll on social media you are receiving so much subconscious comparison. Whether you know that you're doing it or not, you're looking at the way that other people are living their lives. And then the way that you move through your day may be from that being your center point. What did you see this morning? And so what do you think about messaging that person? Like, oh, well, you've seen that they were, someone else liked their picture this morning. And so you don't actually feel like you compare against them. So you're not going to, or maybe that side hustle idea was a, plant business and you've just seen a new plant business and then you're like no I don't want to so leaning into for sure those micro actions like okay first thing in the morning what are you going to do how can you start to connect in with yourself before you do with anybody else so that you're coming at your day and your life from you rather than from other so beautiful I'm so with that as well I love that so much from you rather than from other and I think that it's weird isn't it because like when you think about manifestation I think the world thinks about manifestation from that place of like my life is just going to stay exactly the same and I'm just going to receive what I want in the mail and I feel like your work really touches on that idea that like you have to change and then you can go out and do the thing for sure and most of the time it's I think it's it's not even that big of a change it's you seeing your worth you are who you are and most of the time you're bloody fantastic and you just can't see that you're bloody fantastic and so you're not taking steps forward like the bloody fantastic version of yourself that's that that usually that's usually where it's at and then you can you can manifest those things in when you're like oh yeah I know that I'm worthy of that plant business why shouldn't I be let me go and buy the freaking pots start digging mud (laughs) plant analogy's gone in deep (laughs) 
Start got digging, indeed. mug everybody, mud everybody. Let's go. Go, get your hands dirty. Can you tell us about Gasto? Just tell us all the things. <sighs> I can. That was a big manifestation for me, actually. It's so fun. It's so, very you as well, which is why I love the story. Like, everyone listening, Calypso and I voice note a lot. I don't think I was, like, involved in every single step, but there was a lot of voice notes about it. It's happening. Like, a lot of, like, oh, this happened, and then this happened, and this this happened. And now it's a thing, and now the world knows. So yeah, take I, us behind the scenes. Okay, I feel like this is probably going to be one of my my best manifestation stories to date because with it came all of the ingredients that I feel are not needed but that help me manifest good things that I want into my life opportunities and just help me be the version of myself that I envision myself being so I have been to Glasgow a couple of times love it just everything about it put me in that world I want to eat it up I just want to it's just so fun. It's so fun. And last year, um, the lineup came out and I was gutted that I wasn't going to be there. At that point, my business was about a year old and I was laying in bed. I actually had COVID and I was feeling so sorry for myself because the lineup was coming up and loads of people that I knew were like, woohoo, Glasgow, can't wait to be there. Just just as a um, spectator, is that the word? Like as an as a attendee of the festival. But I was like, oh, I so want to be there. So I hopped on TikTok and I made a hilarious, like just a stupid video basically saying this is how I manifested tickets to Glasgow and I just came up with this this idea that I was like you know I was just on TikTok and I was talking about how I can help people and that I would love to be there either invited by a brand or maybe just you know booked to give a workshop or do something in the healing fields and like that was how it happened anyway that was that was kind of where the idea began that I would love to be there and actually do my work there. I love leading workshops, I love talks, I love helping people out in the real IRL world because a lot of my clients I see online. Anyway, left that, didn't think anything of it. Then it came to later in this year and I was like, no, I really want to be at Glasgow. So I was trying to hit up their DMs and try and get hold of somebody. And I got a response from someone that was like, oh, you've missed the boat for application. Oh, I think this actually happened. I'm really telling the story badly. <laughs> I'm really not telling the story accurately. It's actually not how it went at all. I messaged, I messaged them. Wait a second, let me pause because you I, might want to cut that You've off. skipped a second. Like you've skipped. I've skipped. <laughs> I've skipped a chunk. <laughs> After it happened last, after after I wanted to be there and I and I posted that video, I also was DMing loads of Glasgow people and I found I found an Instagram that I emailed, that I DM'd. I got a response from from them saying, "Hey, you're too late for this year, but here's the link to apply for next year's waitlist." And I was like, "Amazing!" At that point, I hadn't had any festival experience yet, and I was I was leading a talk, a couple of talks at my first festival later in the year. So I was like, "I'll hold on applying until I've got my experience." and I can submit the link. Waited until after I'd had that experience, the link didn't work anymore. And I was like, oh my God, I've missed my freaking chance. And I DM them and I was like, hey, just checking if you've got a new link. Like I'm still really keen. Nothing, crickets, 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 crickets. Chased again, nothing. I was like, I've absolutely screwed it. I had a link to apply to do a talk at Glasgow and I've missed the boat. Like I was kicking myself. And then it got to like, March or no like January Feb this year and I was like no 
I'm not giving up on this. I actually really want to be there. And there was this line in the application form that I remembered that just really didn't sit right with me. It said that they were prioritising practitioners from the previous year. And I was on the Glastonbury website reading their diversity and inclusion statement. And I was like, how can you be talking about diversity and inclusion? If you're saying you're going to be prioritising people from last year, like how many years have we been doing this? Like this is time for change. One of the reasons I became a coach was because I was looking for a black queer coach and I couldn't find one. And I was like, I want to be that person for people. And I'm really, as a Libra, I'm so passionate about equality. I get really like rolled up and can go in for ages just having debates and conversations about spaces that people should be in. So I was just like, right, we're going, we're, go, we're going, we're going in full guns blazing, like in a loving way, but I'm, I'm, I believe that way, I actually, I'm going to be there. Yeah. In a loving way, I'm going to be there. And so how am I going to make that happen? Like yeah. I truly, and at that point that was where the belief kicked in. Mm-hmm. I believed that I was meant to be there without question. I was like, there is nobody else doing the work that I do that is who I am. And I need to be in that space. I need to make sure that people that are at the festival, that are part of my communities, feel that the healing fields is a space for them as well. Because I've been there before. It's lovely. It's very white. It's very old. You know, we need a refresh. So I basically sent them... I think one of the, you know when you just write a message and you're like, that message was so good. I loved that (laughs) message. It was so good. It It basically just said... Sorry. I need to, I actually, maybe maybe it should go on my wall behind me. I'll just take a couple of quotes out of it. And I basically just shared my truth in a really affirmative but positive way and said, look, I want to be a part of this positive change. Hit me up. Let's do this. No response. No response. Mm. I reached out to somebody else that just through the like main glasso board, they said, here, email this email address. I emailed the email address. I got a bounce back. I was like, oh my God, this is so like, I'm, I felt like I was so close. I could almost taste it, but it just like wasn't, it just wasn't fully in my mouth. <laughs> and then I, one day, about a month ago, maybe a little bit longer, opened my inbox on Instagram and I had a DM from them being like, hey Clipso, can you please drop us an, a message, an email? I emailed them. We had a conversation, I had to apply, I sent them some examples of my work and they invited me to come and be a coach and help have my own like like coaching tent for myself, like my own little setup to help people in the festival that want coaching, life coaching, self-discovery coaching. And I was actually like, and, and that end bit from when they DM me to when it happened was like two days. It happened so quickly. It was like all of this, all of this work, all of this, belief work all of this action taking that I felt like is this even going anywhere but I just stayed persistent with it it was like the road opened up and it was just like here you go so quickly and I'm like what so I'm gonna be at Glasgow this year if anyone's listening here at Glastonbury come to the healing fields and say hi I would love to have a chat even if you whether you want a coaching session or you just want a little chitty chat chat come see me how long did it take from the idea that you were gonna do this to like actually doing it um probably so from the first idea in the TikTok video, that was last May. So yeah. that's that was probably like 10 months. But from when I would say that I like actively decided I'm this is going to happen, maybe a month, six weeks. And what I love about this story is like, I hear people do this slightly. Like it's like very sneaky. 
they will be like they'll start something and they'll have a goal for something like in their business or as a freelancer and they'll say i can't do that yet like that's gonna be me like in year four of my business or when i'm a bit more established and they like they talk themselves out of pursuing their goals because they're like oh you know i'm just gonna do that next year like this year i'm just gonna focus on my instagram and da 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 like you didn't have that mindset you were just like I want this, I'm doing this, I'm making it happen. For sure. And I think that was, I, when I posted that TikTok video a year ago, at the time, I think I felt, I'm a bit too early in my career for this. Glastonbury is the biggest festival probably in the whole world. Like this yeah. is the most known festival ever. And I was like, I'm way early days. And I think probably the thing that kept me sleeping on taking radical action for six months was because I felt like, oh, you know, it would be nice for me to do this at some point in my life. And it wasn't until that that feeling kicked in that was like, why sometime in my life? Why not now? Like, really, why not now? Like, really, like, why not? And why like, not? anything that you come up to, like, when you ask that question, they're just kind of going to be excuses. Like, they don't have to be true. Like, mm, oh, yeah. I don't know anyone. Like, it's like, an, it's, it's not real. Like, it's just... Fantasy. Yeah, it's so true. And actually, this is something that I work with my clients on a lot. We want things. We're scared to say them out loud. We want things and we feel like they're so far away. We're scared to say them out loud or we're scared to actually even breathe life into them. I've had clients that have come to me for a one-to-one -one session to figure out what they maybe want to do next in life, realise that they know what they want. They know. Like I had a client who was like, after we had this one one-off session, it was a 90-minute session. And by the end, she had got to the point of saying, I want to be a coach, but I'm scared to say I want to be a coach because one of my friends has just done that. I don't want her to think she, I'm copying her. Yeah. And I don't actually know if I'm qualified to do this. Like what makes yeah. me the person that can do it? And so, so there are things we want and we're scared to say it. We're scared about upsetting other people. We're scared that we won't be able to make it happen. And the journey that I go on in self-discovery coaching is what do you actually want? And how can you actually make that happen? Because that's where fulfillment comes in. I could, and I will still, I'm sure, do lots of other talks at other festivals. I'm there, going global. If anyone's <laughs> listening to this and you work for a festival, Coachella, let's oh. go. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Coachella, ring me. Um, Burning Man, ring me. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, my dream is to be at the biggest festival. I want to be at Glastonbury. Why not? Mm. Why the hell not? It's so true, like I'm so with you. And what you said about like, we have to admit like what we want to ourselves. And sometimes like what we want goes in direct conversation. Oh my God, I feel like this is what we spoke about on the first episode. I feel like it's coming back to we're me. We're coming back, we're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the first recording. Like sometimes like what we want, like we're afraid to admit to ourselves. And sometimes like the things that we want are like indirect, like contradiction to like the life that we've built till now. Like, mm. I don't know if you had this, but I went to university for fashion. I went to college for fashion. I had donated so much time and effort and money and work experience and like different jobs and different things to this career. So to get there, I think I was like 24 and be like, this isn't it. Like I actually want something else. It feels almost like you've got, you're losing so much. But what I've realized is that when you follow these nudges, it's like, the universe being like, there's actually so much more. Like you've got to yeah. let go of everything that you have right now, or you've got to be willing to let go of everything that you have right now to step into like the next best thing. 
Oh, yeah, I was listening to something not long ago that was saying, listen to the whispers before they become screams. You definitely listen. said that the first time. I, I remember did. I was like, fire, fire. <laughs> I know, and as you were saying, I remembered it. But it's true. Listen to the whispers before they become screams. It doesn't get quieter, those things that are calling you to your truth. And that's what I believe that it is. We're all here for a reason, not in a weird predestined way, but like in a, you've got, you're meant to be on this earth doing what feels most freaking alive for you. Listen to it. It will just keep getting louder. And I resonate so on such a big way with that, definitely with the fashion industry and changing careers. We have the rest of our lives. No matter how old you are listening to this, We've got the rest of our lives and it's never too late. But also in a personal field too, that one of the things that I always think about this with is my sexuality. I was with guys for seven years. I never even considered that I was into women and then I fell in love with my best friend who is now my girlfriend of six years. And imagine I was just like, well, I've just been with guys forever and even though I've got these feelings I'm just going to ignore them and and I say that I imagine a lot of people live life in that way and it's really tough for for lots of reasons you know and I was fortunate enough to have the safety of where I live on this earth the family that I'm in you know lots of different reasons that I could explore that but oh my gosh I I just can't even imagine my life without her in it one but also without exploring who I know that I am and I'm like babes you're obviously queer, like 100%. Like, there's no, there's the, no doubt about it. The knocks are knocking. And they're saying it's time to let the penis go. Come on, let's go. Exactly. <laughs> the whispers are like, Calypso! <laughs> they were like, babe! And then it's went, not then, him, it's not him. It's, and then and then I then I tried and it was to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> it was confirmed. So this, and it, so it really spans all areas of your life, self-discovery. Yeah. That's what, and that's what I love about the kind of coaching I do. At the beginning, I was more helping people with just their careers and where they were going with their jobs. Because I think that's a big part of our lives, especially when you're maybe in your 20s, 30s. But then also, I love that it's expanded into romantic relationships and people yeah. finding the right people. And of course, like self-work, self-worth, self-confidence feeds into all areas. But it it really... it there are no limits. There are no limits to knowing who you are and actually being the most authentic version of you and that bringing you brilliance in all areas of your life. And I love it. Eat it up. I could listen to you talk about this all day and I kind of do listen to you talk about this <laughs> You do. You don't get a choice. I'm like, there on your WhatsApp with another seven minute voice note. <laughs> and like, like in the middle of the voice notes, we'll be like, oh my God, look at that jacket. I'll be like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I have ADHD, but I, the distraction levels when I'm voice noting are, and I joke about it all the time. So I'm like, oh my God, there's somebody going along on the, on the ground on a, in a wheelchair on a skateboard. And she's like, there she goes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally when I get a voice note from you, I put my phone down like by my laptop and I just listen to it like a podcast. And I'll be like writing an email being like, oh, interesting. You did that this morning. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, good. But, context always always contacts um i got a couple of questions for you before we wrap up what's a risk that you almost didn't take Mm. 
a risk I almost didn't take. Well, I've spoken about the Glastonbury one because I feel like that was quite a risk or it felt like quite a risk because I was, you know, you have that fear of, am I being annoying? Am I being too much? Um, but I feel like because I've shared that one, I'm going to think of something else. A risk I almost didn't take. I almost didn't move. No, that's a lie. I didn't almost didn't. I definitely just did. <laughs> I minded a second. I can't remember what I said last time. Neither can I, really, actually. I don't know. I, I'm, really, I'm just... What, what sort of risk I almost didn't take? I mean, I almost didn't leave my fashion career. When I left, I... Yeah, maybe it was this. Sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I almost... I, I definitely almost, did, I almost didn't leave my fashion career. I finished I had consultancy fashion consultancy things on the table and I was like oh yeah this is this is a step forwards in the direction of life I'm going to be working for myself and I'm I'm still going to have my own time and that was something huge that I wanted as I left the industry um to start doing something else and there was safety in that I almost forgot I literally almost forgot that I wanted to be a coach like I it was introduced Ooh. to coaching a year before um you know uh Tiba Lola yes. confident and killing it she, I went, she didn't introduce me, but she did re-alive it for me. Yeah, I watched, I was part of this business summit day in lockdown, which is when I still worked in fashion and she was a coach that was doing a talk and I was like, that's what I want to be. And I completely forgot that. It wasn't until a year and a half later after I'd quit, burnt out, tried to go down the fashion consultancy route and still do the thing that the world told me I should be doing because that was what I was good at and that I'd done up to now. And I almost genuinely forgot that I was interested in coaching and so I almost didn't do it. And also it was terrifying. When you built up this career to such heights, I almost didn't. I was almost like, I'll just keep going down the fashion road. I'll be a stylist or I'll be a something else. And then I was like, come on, yeah. babe. You've got, you've got, you've to, got to, you've got to try. So yeah, that's something I almost didn't do that was a big risk. Cause I also had no job lined up. I had like three months money to make my business start making money. It was, it was a little on the line, but yeah. we're here now. Love it. And what advice would you give to your past self? I think I would just say, babe, stop trying to be someone else. Mm. You're exactly who you're meant to be. You don't need to be palatable for everyone. Actually, polarised opinions, people, is going to help you find the people that you're meant to be around way quicker. Just stop caring about what you look like so much. Stop caring about what others are saying about you and just be, just cliche as it is, just do you. You do you, hun. <laughs> I saw a TikTok the other day that just really reminded me of what you said. It's like, the older you get, the more you don't care about leaving the house ugly. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, so true. There's been so many times when I've left the house and I'm like, I didn't even check if I wanted to wear these trainers and here I am. Just like, not even checking. Yeah. But yeah. I often look in the mirror and I'm like, you used to work in fashion. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst. I'm like, you used to work in fashion, babe. Like, really? Did, did you used yeah. to work in fashion? Because it looks a long way away right it now. I feel like you're selling dreams right now. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not matching. It's not matching. I hate But you. it's true. I'm just like, I, I, I couldn't care less. I love wearing nice clothes. I love getting dressed up equally. I'm a, I'm a comfy hun. Yeah. I want to be, be in comfort majority of the time. So, yeah. Same. 
my thing is is that I wear the same clothes every day. Like like every three days I change like my little rotation. You do a rotation. Yeah. I love it. It's I just fun. chopped out loads of things for my wardrobe. I'm we're keeping it minimal. Minimal. Always. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. 2.0. I'm glad we got through this. It's been amazing. I know. It I've has. One more question for you before I let you go. Okay. okay. Go on. Come at me. <laughs> um, tomorrow, the slate is wiped clear and you have to rebuild and start again. But to start again and to rebuild, you are only allowed to take three tools with you. What three tools would you take and why? You would think because I had a dress rehearsal of this that I would remember and have this lined up. (laughs) But I can't remember what I said. Okay, three things. A notebook and pen for sure. Journal. I'm journal, stand, help me figure out what I want to do with my life, what needs to change, what needs to move. And I prefer to journal with with a pen and paper. So that would definitely be one maybe like an oracle deck something that is gonna help me also keep reflecting back what i should do next and having something to like i feel like you can have fun with an oracle deck you can get serious with an oracle deck you can play an oracle deck with new people that you meet i think it would be a good am i on a desert i'm not on a desert island am i it's just yeah. day. it's just day one i was thinking i was on a desert island then <laughs> That's what people always say oh my gosh they're like yeah i'll take sbf I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> Safety first. I'll, I'll take SPF into this day. Okay, wait. So I'm on, it's like I'm on this earth, but it's day one. Yeah. Like you have all okay. the knowledge that you know now and everything, like the slate is wiped clean. It's a new page. Like you're rebuilding. Like what three tools would get you there? Oh, okay. I feel like that actually this, uh, now you've explained that. I'm like, maybe I want to change my answers. Definitely still notebook and pen. Um, I would take some some kind of recording equipment equipment I mean because I yeah because I just am such a believer in documenting Mm. life and whether that be from like of course that's helpful in my business but I just think you can learn so much from seeing the journey that you've been on and I think it's really inspiring maybe this is a bit narcissistic everyone watch me (laughs) but I think there's something really powerful about documenting your truth and the journey that you've been on and I think it can really help others so I think I would have some kind of recording equipment to get like from from the jump so from the beginning of the journey I could show show how it had gone because I I always feel most connected to and helped when I can hear the journey that other people have been on. Mm-hmm. So it, with this knowledge, I would be like, okay, I need to capture this so that other people can learn what I'm learning along the way. Mm-hmm. And I would also, oh, I think I said this last time. I would have Nat. She would Aww, be my third thing. I'm glad. Because I know that I am the grounded, most whole, most powerful able version of myself from not because we're like half and half but I am so comfortable and supported and in the best possible ways I don't mean comfortable like I'm just comfortable I think when you find your person if that's what you want that love makes me a better person I'm a lover I love love and I think I can breathe more life into other people we run our retreats together Nat and I co-founded people like us and we lead the space and we share, we always say that like, we can take people to depths of love 
because we love each other with the, those that depth wow. and so I would have her there because I know that I can love and be there for people she's such a freaking teacher for me in terms of stillness yeah. and leaning into my feminine and softening and I'm such a like go 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 yeah next 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 and she just helps me expand into the part of me that I think or I know makes me so good at what I do in my work and just in life so yeah so beautiful by the way like we haven't spoken about um 21 days of self-discovery like when you yes. said the journaling I was like oh yeah wait can we talk about your goal for that yes when is when is this coming out uh soon maybe in like two weeks. okay okay amazing because doors close on the 15th of of may so i'm just like if up. i hype it up okay perfect okay yeah 21 days self-discovery is a very exciting challenge that i run it's a challenge and community and basically for 21 days a group of people whoever signs up dedicates 21 minutes to themselves every day and they complete 21 different tasks so one different task that I set a different self-discovery task to help you get more clear confident and connected about where you're going next in life so I started 21 days because I work with my clients long term one-to-one I have other group programs and there were some people that were coming to me that a couldn't fully step into that yet they weren't ready for whatever reason and really they just needed time and accountability and some guidance in the kind of things that they should be doing to figure out what do I want next? How do I change career? Do I want to change career? How do I stop self-tabotaging? All of these things. So this is the third round that it's running. The feedback that I've had has been so lovely. I literally cry every time I read it. <laughs> I literally do. It, because people have stopped me, have done it, have stopped me in the street that I've like never met before. They're like, I did 21 days. It has genuinely changed my life. Like I have left this business and I'm starting something new or my relationship has massively improved. I get emails like every week and it's something that I feel so proud of. You know, yes. I'm just like, I'm so proud of it. So I have massive dreams for this round. The doors are still open right now. When this is released, they're open. They close on the 14th of May. And my vision and my dream for this round is to have 100 people signed up. 100 people. So the last couple of rounds, I've had around 35 people in total. But this time, I just felt like I got this calling mm. from somebody upstairs, I don't know, saying, you need 100. to get this out there. Yeah, like you need to get this out there more bigger. And I started it because I want it to be this global movement where it's so simple. You just have to, all you have to find is 21 minutes a day at any time of the day. You also step into a community. There's a group chat. So there is that accountability, that support. Everyone's sharing their daily mantras and what's going on for them. The community that's come from it, like people meet up now. They're like mates, they've, they've connected. And it really has been this beautiful unraveling that I'm really one proud of and two just grateful that I get to be a part of as yeah. well uh so yeah that's what's happening a hundred people so if you're listening to this and you're in a place right now where you're like hmm I need there's something I need some I need something to get me almost like a little accelerator to reset you or to help you figure out what what you want to do next in life whether that is travel whether that is work whether that is improving your relationships you just know that there's more and you want to get clarity on what that is head over to my website calypsobarnumbob.com click on the self 21 days of self-discovery button that is there and uh, you can sign up and you can join once you sign up once 
you get access for life. So it's it's a lifetime thing. You get access to all future challenges. So say this time you want to focus on your career and then next time you might want to focus on relationships or friendships. You get to redo this. It happens three or four times a year. Um, the people that did it the first couple of rounds, they rejoin again. So it's quite nice. You have some people that have done it before, some newbies, um, and you get access to the videos and the tasks for life too. So it's a lifetime thing. You step into a community forever. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited about it. And 100 people Let's come go. at me. Let's go. How can people join? How can people get in touch with you? All the things. So on Instagram is where I'm at mostly. My handle is my full name at Calypso Barnum Bob. Uh, I'm sure my name will be in the show notes because I know that that's quite a hard one to to spell. Um, And my TikTok is the same. I share content there as well at Calypso Barnum Bob. Uh, You can find me on my website, calypsobarnumbob.com. That's where you can read a little bit more about 21 Days of Self-Discovery. Also my group programme, which is called Self-Centred School, which is a eight-week in-depth programme to help you create a life that you're obsessed with. Uh, The next round of that will be happening in the summer. So I'm really excited about that. You can also hit me up um, on Instagram, drop me a DM if you are wanting to go deep and do more long-term one-to-one coaching. Follow people like us retreats if you want to get involved and do some stuff in real life. God, I got a list, haven't I? (laughs) There's so much. Um, So yeah, people like us, at people like us retreats, we have a day retreat coming up um, in late June or beginning of July. And then we are going international, baby, for next spring. We're going to be taking people abroad to Ibiza. Yummy! Yes! (laughs) Oh my gosh, you have to come. Come on the retreat. It's going to be so beautiful. That sounds so It's going to be gorgeous. I really want so yeah, to go that to is, one. Yeah, it's going to be special. There is like, because now my partner is a yoga teacher. Mm. She's a sound healer. She's a Reiki practitioner. So she brings all of that mm, like mm. delicious down, laying on the floor, nice stuff. And then also I integrate coaching. So there's always a theme on our retreats. You come with an intention, you leave with an outcome, a goal, something to implement and put into action. So it really brings together the world of personal development and wellness and just chilling. So they're very special. So beautiful, so beautiful, amazing. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you again. Everyone, please let Calypso know that you really enjoyed this. And yeah, I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the No Room for Doubt podcast. If you've loved what you've heard today, you're probably going to want to coach with me one-on-one. Stuck to Unstoppable is my signature coaching program to transform your mindset and your confidence so you can go out and achieve the goals that you want in your life and in your business. Simply go to my website at www.kyramatthews.com to book your free 30-minute consultation. I cannot wait to get unstoppable with you. See you there.